Okay, so our girls, their confidence peaks at nine. Let me tell you the dark side of that. Their confidence can, and a lot, regardless of support, this is because of the outside world, as you started this off with, because of the outside world can plummet 80% between 11 to 14. It's huge. And most women do not start to identify and start to actually get self-aware and start to want to grab that back until their thirties. So that's a huge chunk of our life as women that we just like, we let somebody just take all the little pieces and tear them up, you know, of our, our unique soul. And then we, we don't grab them back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I am excited to introduce you to an amazing woman, Tisha Marie Strasser. Uh, She was actually introduced to me by our mutual beautiful friend, Amber Lee Lago of the True Grit and Grace podcast. And I love it when women make connections for each other, bringing two women together who are doing similar work in the world. And that's exactly what happened. Amber Lee called me. She's like, you have to meet Tisha Marie, she's doing the same thing you're doing, but in a different part of the world in a different way. Um, So we just had a little coffee chat, which was so nice. And we talked about all things empowerment, what was on our hearts in that moment. Um, So Tisha Marie tells her story of turning a life of trauma, chronic illness and pain into purpose-driven life filled with passion and joy. Here, the journey she took to stop being the victim and become her own hero. Through 10 years of experience of starting a nonprofit that helps girls, women, the disability community, and athletes discover their true passion, power, and purpose. She now helps others step out of their own story and discover how to be their own heroes using her mentoring, neuro and coding certification, and lived experience. Tisha Marie Strasser is here to get you off of your roundabout and ready to rise up and be your own hero. I got to tell you, in raising my daughters, there are so many things that I thought I was doing to empower them. And like really what I was actually doing is perhaps keeping them small or stuck. Uh, So much of the way that we show up for our girls, the words that we use, um, the activities that we take part in together. There are so many ways that we have in the moment real-time opportunities to uplift and encourage them and to set them up with confidence. And sometimes we just need like our village, right? We need um, someone to show us the way. Well, I've created something and it's called the 10-Day Empower Her Challenge. It's completely free and it's 10 simple, actionable steps that you can take today to empower your girls, to do things with them that are going to reveal their superpowers to them. I want to share this with you. Um, I hope you'll check it out. All of the links that I share are always in the show notes. You can also check it out at www.melodypormorati.com slash empower. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Today, we have a special treat. I have the amazing Tisha Marie Strasser here. And we are two women on a very similar mission who came together through a mutual friend, Amber Lago. Uh, and we're, we're just hanging out together and we're doing a joint podcast episode for obviously my podcast, the empowering her podcast and, uh, and your podcast. Why don't you, why don't we just start by having you introduce yourself, your podcast, your incredible work? I'll introduce myself and then we'll just go right into a conversation about whatever we really feel like talking about. <laughs> How does yes. that feel? I love it. It feels like coffee. And I love that. If we can do coffee on Zoom and you get to do it like all over the world, I'm so excited. So as you know, I'm super excited to have this chat today. I love being with women where we have a similar heart, you know, in our mission. So yes, my podcast is called Brain Power, more of the emphasis on her. So empower her brain. And it's about transforming your truth. And then my nonprofit where we have, we are uh, sisters in the love of empowering girls is bring it, push it, own it. I've had that for a decade. And our goal is to help our girls love themselves a little more, know that their voice is so valuable and that they can do hard things. And we do that through a plethora of joyful movement, mindfulness, workshops, obstacle courses, lots of different ways to make sure that our girls 
get the ability to understand that they have so many sides of them and that they're capable of doing anything they want. They're so powerful. They are the next generation of leaders. And I am just so, I feel so grateful to be able to do what I do. I wake up every day joyful and I know you do too. And that's what makes this conversation so fun. So good. What a beautiful intro. And like, you're speaking such a beautiful language, really. Like it's, it's my favorite language to speak is the language of girls empowerment. And uh, I'll do just a quick intro and then we'll go right into it. So I'm Melody Pormorati. Uh, I also am on a mission to teach girls that they are powerful beyond measure. Um, I feel like if we all had this understanding from a young age, imagine how we could feel in our bodies and our minds and our hearts. Um, and it's never too late, right? We always get to um, tune into new superpowers and find ways to grow and evolve. And my offering to the world is um, is the Girl Life Academy, which is uh, it's a coach training program where we train women to become girls empowerment coaches, work on the front line with girls, teaching them, um, like I said, that they're powerful beyond measure, teaching them about their intuition, teaching them about all the things that make them pure magic and teaching them to lean into those things, knowing full well that that's exactly what the world needs from them. Um, and my podcast, as I, as you know, we did the intro is the empowering her podcast. I've written two books. Um, and I have a bunch of courses for parents, girl moms, uh, and girls. So that's, that's what I do in the world. And I just like, let's kick this off. I want to tell you, I just came back from a doctor's appointment. And I really very rarely crack open magazines anymore. It's just not something that I ever do. Um, but I picked one up and I was so annoyed <laughs> because it was basically showing like a two page cross section of women's breasts, starting with like they were trying to, um, analyze what women had breast reductions, what women had breast augmentations. Um, and they were literally showing pictures of women's chests in different outfits and being like, look at her before and after. And it's like, no shame on breast augmentations or breast reduction, like whatever we, we all do what we want to do or need to do, whatever it may be. Um, I'm all for those things if it's what you want. But I don't love the fact that like of all the things that we can talk about, that these magazines are like using energy to um, to like someone researched this topic. Somebody took photographs for this topic. And they got then, paid. Someone got paid, <laughs> paid to do that. Topic, right. <laughs> and like when a woman or a girl cracks open this magazine, the subconscious messaging is like, this is what's important. This is what we need to tune into. Like of all the beautiful things we could tune into, um, that this is deemed important. So I just wanted to bring that up. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's so funny you bring that up because so Monday nights are my nights that I have with my girls, my teen group. And last night, what I do is, so when they come in, I have them write down um, a struggle on a piece of paper, no name or anything. That way I know that I'm getting the real. And at least when I'm having conversations with them, I'm talking about things that they're actually struggling with, right? Because we can always make assumptions, but as adults, stop assuming, ask, let them speak, create, you know, an environment where they use their voice, whether it's written or not, it's still that safety, right? So what happened was, I will tell you, and I don't know if this happens for you, and my curriculum is a little more flex. We definitely focus in on what's going on with them in the moment because we're with them. So it always, unfortunately, comes back to body image. So you bringing this up, the exact thing that last night, you know, 90% of my messages came back to body image. So I have to consistently have these conversations about, okay, well, what's causing that? Where is that coming from? Well, it's always the comparison. So then we talk about, well, where are you comparing, right? So I would say for me, I'm not sure if you're my age, but growing up, we didn't have social media. So it was a magazine that we would look at. And you can make that just as fake as social media. I mean, that's sure. the reality. Things don't look real in a magazine. So growing up, we people are people always say like, oh my gosh, social media is so bad now. I'm like, guys, we had it. It was just in different forms. It's been here forever. Comparison for women and girls 
has been a thing forever. Unfortunately, it's passed down generation to generation and we're trying to change that, right? So that just, just brings up the point that every time we put something out like that, I have to have a re-conversation with a group of our next generation of women that you are unique and beautiful and you have to, comparison is normal. It's what your brain is going to do. It's what we've been taught to do, but you have to consistently reframe and ask yourself, is this a truth and is this good for me? And ha- and teaching them this at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I mean, I wasn't taught that. I was just like, I do not look like that. And is that normal? <laughs> you know, am I supposed to look that way? So it does make me sad that we continue to do that. But I also recognize like, this is how our world is going to be. And I want to teach our girls that this is never going to go away. But what can go away is the way that you envision it, the way that you feel about yourself, because that's the only control that we have, unfortunately. (laughs) That's the truth. I mean, the only power that of influence that we have is over ourselves and over the way we think. And then of course, the way we think that transfers into the way that we feel. And then that transfers into our behaviors. So I'm so, I'm so with you. And it's so interesting. Uh, It sounds like you probably work um, more consistently with older girls. How old are your girls that you work with? So we actually at, at my nonprofit, we allowed nine to 18, but the teen group is mine. Um, because I have a heart for that. I think that, you know, you have to be a lot deeper. You have to, it's a skill set. It really is. And I think that there's people that have a heart for certain ages. So our littles, I have a team for, and then my teens, I, so we come in and they do all the movement together, joyful movement. We don't call it exercise because it's so much fun. Then we do mindfulness for about 10 minutes and then we split up so that, because also so that our teens, when we're having conversations that need to be a little more mature, we're not having it, you know, with a nine-year-old. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, your age group, I believe is, is one of your groups. I saw you move down to, I think six, but your main thing, I think is probably the same range, right? Anywhere from yeah. seven and up is is five, five and up to teens, but, but my membership is girls six to 10. And it's just so, it's so interesting. I just want to point this out is you're talking to your teen girls, right? And they're talking about body image. And I'm talking to my young girls, right, from six to 10. And it's the last thing that comes up. Isn't that interesting? And I love that. Like, I love that because it's not like we're, we're speaking to them and speaking through them before the world gets to them, which is probably why I love, I love working with all ages. They each have their own magic. But I love working with the younger girls because we get to shape them um, before that crazy statistic that a girl's self-confidence peaks at age nine comes into the picture. So when they hit those ages and stages, they're not lowering their hand. Instead, they're raising their standards. Instead, they're like, uh-uh, I'm not going to be part of this crazy statistic. They're, they don't even know about the statistic. We're not talking about it. But we're teaching them a different way of being so they can, you know, they they can break through their own glass ceiling. And and isn't that our wish for all of them? Yes. And I love that you say that. And I think that's what people need to realize, like know where your magic is and where you feel magical, because if you feel that way, you're going to be really good at what you do. And I I end up having this conversation a lot with people that are like, I don't know. And I'm like, you'll know, like know where you feel that magic. And, and it's, it's funny because teens are hard and people, I mean, there's not like a line, unfortunately, I'm going to say this out loud, out loud of women lining up that want to work with our teens. And I think that's where I have a heart for it because I'm like, we were a teen and I know what it feels like to be that girl that had no confidence left. You know, I moved out at 16 yet. I will tell you, I love how you mentioned, we talk about this too. So our girls, their confidence peaks at nine. Let me tell you the dark side of that. Their confidence can, and a lot regardless of support, this is because of the outside world, as you started this off with, because of the outside world can plummet 80% between 11 to 14. It's crazy. It's huge. And most women do not start to identify and start to actually get self-aware and start to want to grab that back until their thirties. So that's a huge chunk of our life as women that we just like, we let somebody just take all the little pieces and tear them up, you know, of our, our unique soul. And then we, we don't grab them back. So I love that you're working with that younger group. Cause that is not where I would be magical because I am very blunt and direct. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my littles are nine and up, but I will tell you what is magical about us having. So the sauce that I actually do with my littles and my teens, the reason that I have them do movement and mindfulness together is because I always tell my teens that was you. When you didn't care what anybody thought, 
when you moved freely and felt safe in your body, when you were goofy and you were exactly who you're supposed to be. Look at her. Every week I tell them that was you. Stop letting people make you something different. And I think when we can look at the younger version of ourselves, it's a little hard to be harsh on herself because you're like, oh my gosh, she's so sweet. And like you said, like, they don't care what anybody thinks. It's the most magical thing to watch my nine-year-old girls tell you. They will tell you, you better love yourself and nobody can do it for you. And it's beautiful, right? But then I've watched my nine-year-old girl. Four years later, I run into her and her soul is just like missing. And I'm like, no, it's so it's heartbreaking. And I've been doing this so long, being able to see girls later on. A lot of times I do see my college age girls saying like, Hey, like, I know all that stuff you told me when I was a teen and I didn't really listen to it, but lately I've definitely been like pulling that back out. So it's planting that seed. And I love that you're planting it so much earlier. So when they innately, whether we like it or not, start to struggle between and actually it's it's down now I think it's 10 <clears throat> sorry I think it's actually 10 that the confidence so it like peaks very shortly and then it starts to plummet so I don't know if you've seen any of that research lately but it's heartbreaking yeah no it is it is and and we're in the business of changing it and we'll continue doing our work but it's just a testament to why we do this um it's it's you know the statistic is very different for boys they're just like get you know they're they're just getting their feet wet right at nine and ten and and, and it grows and it grows and it grows so um, so that's why we do what we do. And that's why we're here having this conversation. And, you know, you said something about competition and yeah, we're like, it's so crazy. If we really peel back the layers of this onion, it's like, we are created to compete in certain ways and it's so heart shattering. Um, and something that I say, and now I don't mean this about like our physical presence and our physical beauty, but I do mean this in terms of like, when we see someone, when we see another girl or another woman doing something awesome in the world, um, instead of that jealousy or that envy, I always say, let's turn that competitive edge into like, instead, let's be inspired. What if we stepped into inspiration? What if I looked at you, Tisha, and I was like, oh my God, look at what she's doing in this arena and let that inspire me and let that be like a reflect. We reflect back to each other. That's what we get to do as women. And for me to be like, if that exists within her, then some version of it exists within me too. And I get to make the same impact and I get to show up in my own way with my own magic. Like, what would it be like if that's the world we lived in? And that's something we talk a lot with. Now, this is with the older girls. It's like turning that competition into inspiration and letting that fuel us and letting that like, I, I can't think, you know, I can't even mention how many women I've been inspired by on my own path um, who literally, if it weren't for them, I quite possibly wouldn't be doing what I was doing. I mean, the first one was Louise Hay. You know, I, I would just watch her message and the way she delivered it. And I wasn't trying to be like Louise Hay, right? Like there's only one Louise Hay, but I let that inspiration like be a part of my, my own mission and my own vision or Gabrielle Bernstein, like Marie Forleo. There's so many women that we get to be inspired by. And instead of trying to do exactly what they're doing, which we could never do because we each have our own unique fingerprint on the world. Like how cool is it to be inspired? And, and on that, I'd love to know, like, what are, who, who are some of the women who've inspired you on your journey? Oh my gosh. I love this conversation. It's so important because I will tell you that, that I have that conversation with teen girls as well. And I explain to them, sometimes when you're jealous, it's your emotions are just confused. You're not actually jealous. You're intrigued. You're excited. You're like, oh my gosh, I like that thing. I don't have that thing, but is that something you want to be right? So I think especially with women, they've, there's been some confusion taught on our emotions, right? So when you say you're inspired, I think a lot of girls and women think they're jealous when they're not jealous. I love to, so I grew up without really a mother or a father figure. And I, I will stand behind this. I know a lot of people don't, I still agree with fake it till you make it. So let me say what that means for me. I looked at women that I made up a story for them. I don't know what their story was. Who knows? Everybody has their reality, right? But they were dressed a certain way and they carried themselves a certain way. And they, I, I felt joy from them or they smiled. They were just, they exuded what I didn't have, what I didn't experience, right? And and I 
wanted to be like them. There was never, you know, and I just continued to tell myself like, oh, I can become that. And so I think that's where you shift like the jealousy to, oh my gosh, what am I inspired by? So, oh my gosh, women that I've been, there's so many women that I've been inspired by. I can think of one that we're both inspired by who brought us here yes. together, right? Yes. Amber Lee. Um, well, uh, I always say her last name, Lago. Lago. I want to put an R in it. I don't know why. It's Lago. <laughs> yeah. So I will say women that I get inspired and I, and I love our personalities are a little bit different. So I, I'm definitely a geek for somebody that can come out on stage and is like super unique. They don't dress like anybody else. They don't talk like anybody else. I, all of my senses get heightened because I'm somewhat similar. I just don't fit into a mold. And so when I saw her on stage, I was like, man, she is unique. There's nothing about her that's not real. And I love that. And I love women that can they're able to do that because we do live in a world where I see people struggle. Right. And and there's that weird thing where you said there's comparison competitiveness, but for me, it's intrigued. Like I get so intrigued and excited. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is a thing. Like, look how awesome women are doing and look how great they are and the impact they're making in the world. And when I meet somebody like you and we're in the same arena, I get geeked out. I get so excited <laughs> because there's not a lot of it. Girl land is it is. Um, I believe they said it's like all the funding in the world, like in nonprofit arena, in my arena is less than 2% of it goes to girls and women. So that just tells you like there's you don't run into a ton of people in your arena. So I get really excited. I would say I'm inspired also by a lot of what you do. I loved the format you came up with. I loved that working with younger girls is magical for you because like you said, it's so important to catch them. Yeah. For me, it's give you the seeds. You're, you likely may not use them when you need them, but they'll be there. They'll be there when you want to pull them out. So when you bring in these babies, what I call babies, because those are, you know, young, they're like six to 10 and they love themselves. All you're doing is taking what they already have and you're building, 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 where I have to come in and do a lot of work where it's been broke down. So it's really inspiring that you also encourage so many other women to do what you're doing where I'm in Indiana and I'm. I'm playing with that idea a little bit at this point in my life, but yeah, I love that you have coaches and how many different States that are doing. I don't know how many States, but we have 200 women. We have 200 women. I shouldn't count the States, but they're on almost every continent and they are each like, like we give the curriculum and the business training and like the mindset training. We, we tried to really leave no stone unturned in terms of providing them with everything they'll need for success. But these women are using the curriculum, but using their own unique magic to light that curriculum up, which is my favorite part. Like I said, like nobody's going to run a workshop like me and I'm not going to run a workshop like any of them because they're unique in their own ways. And so they're bringing their stories and their experiences and like, everything that's made them who they are up until now into the workshops they teach. So it's really like probably one of the greatest privileges of my life to watch these women take this curriculum that came literally from my heart that like, you know, it it just, and that's like another thing I, I would love to talk about is like how we just get to, we get to create that which we wish existed. Like I literally created this thing, you know, because I could, because I could. And, and like for anyone who's listening to us right now, it's like, what is it that you want to create? Like you get to, you just have to take that first step. And I so believe in like the co-creation of the universe. Like when we take one step forward, the universe joins us. It's like a dance that we do. But until we take that first step, the universe doesn't like know how to guide us or how to meet us where we're at. And then sometimes when we take that first step, the universe shows up for us and brings us possibilities and opportunities that even we couldn't have imagined in our wildest dreams. So it's like such a beautiful thing that we get to do that. And, and we get to like allow, you know, I, I, I think of how much fear I had when I was first starting this, like we all do, right. When we're starting something new, but I really did not allow the fear to hold me back. Instead, I focused on the impact. Like there's so much impact there was to be made. And if I focused on the impact, then the fear took a back seat. 
And I got to do what I was here to do. When you wake up in the morning with such excitement for what you get to do that day, you know that you are operating in your purpose. I want to invite you all to learn more about the Girl Life Academy, where we train passionate women like you to become girls empowerment coaches. You get to work on the front lines with girls one-on-one and in a group format to teach them all sorts of things like uncovering their superpowers, how to build confidence, how to locate their inner toolkit. There's so much wisdom that we get to share with these girls and we want to show you exactly how to teach them through fun dialogue and engaging crafts. And we don't leave you there. We also teach you the business of empowering girls, how to actually turn your love for girls empowerment into a profitable and abundant endeavor. If this speaks to you and you want to literally wake up every morning with excitement and joy that you are operating in your purpose and doing work that changes the world, I want you to learn about the application process at the Girl Life Academy. Go to www.girllifeempowerment.com to learn more or check out the show notes for more information. Did you experience any of that when you were starting all of these amazing things that you're doing? Oh my gosh. And I love that you brought up the fear aspect because we know like everybody struggles with that. And honestly, women let it control them more than men. That's just a given, right? So I always say, if you don't have fear, you're not really doing anything that's exciting or worth it. And I think that that changes your mindset, right? Like, oh, I have fear because this is something that's really good. So it's normal to have that reaction, right? And learning as a teen girl, what to do with fear and how to push through that. So yes, I want women to know just like you do, like you're so powerful and you have the ability to do whatever you want and your life should not be mundane. It should be something that lights you up. You don't have to stay in mundane or just do what you think you have to do. And I do see a lot of people struggle with that. So I also want women to know when I started my organization over a decade ago, a lot of times we think we need to be perfectly in the right space. We need to have everything figured out. We need to have, you know, be like exactly where we're meant to be. And I don't agree with that either. I was very freshly coming out of a very long-term abusive marriage, but it, it saved me. It saved my life because my goal was to teach the girls like you are worthy. None of, none of the things that have happened to me should happen to you. You are, you're worth so much more. And being fresh out of that, barely out of that made that mission very real, right? Where if I maybe hadn't been fresh, I maybe would have put it under the rug or tried to hide from it or due to embarrassment or shame. And so I want women to know like the fear is awesome. It means you're doing something amazing. Let, I always say, just dance with the fear. It's not going to go away. That is a lie. Fearless is not a thing. (laughs) You're going to have fear, but dance with it because eventually just like anything else, it gets a little easier. And then you learn to be really good at pushing through your fear. So, yeah, I mean, I had a ton of fear. I I was a single mom. I'd just become a single mom, had a corporate job, had these kiddos going through a lot of change, but I knew that it was really, really important. And so I just decided to choose me for once. And I think that we have to be that example. I want other women to know, like, it's okay to choose you. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to have it all figured out because that's what our girls need to see. They need to know that because they compare a lot of times, a lot of things I see with girls is perfectionism and overachieving Mm -hmm. is real. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know if that's, if you get that. Yes. 100%. I I don't get it with the little girls, right. With the young girls. Um, But in the woman that I work with, that's something that we are like, so many of the people who sign up for our program, they're so excited. They're so excited. They know that this is what they're here to do, but it takes them months to get started. And, And this, I have to say, happens a lot less because we've added things into the program to support them through that. Like they feel the financial blocks. Like, how do I, um, how do I actually charge for doing this work? Like, I don't feel good, like, not just giving this away for free. And I feel like as women in these healing professions, so many of us get into this um, mindset that we got to give it away for free. And the truth is like when we give our amazing work away for free, A, it's not valued because people don't have a buy-in or skin in the game in any way. And B, it's not sustainable for us. Like how long can we go on giving away 
our workshops, our time, our energy for free, we won't last more than a couple of weeks, right? But when we are energetically and financially sustained to do the work that we do, we get to do more of it. And then we add more value to the plan. And it's like the win-win that we all deserve. I love that you brought that up. So I am definitely was one of those women that was guilty of that. And it's, it is bizarre because men do not do this ladies. Like for whatever reason, it's our nurturing heart. We're like, Oh my gosh, I just want to love on the world. Well, we have talents that take time. It took years to build that skill. Like I've worked on myself, right? I've, I've learned so much. I've done all the work. And yes, women really struggle in that arena. And I love that you are creating an environment that teaches women that very, you know, right from the start, because I started this with zero experience in nonprofit arena. It was like, well, you're going to figure it out on the way, which is what we do as women, right? Which is the beauty of pushing past the fear. But I will tell you, I have done way too many things uh, from a place of heart. And that is beautiful to do, but you have to have lines that you draw. And so it's interesting this year, I've drawn a lot of lines and a lot of people are surprised. And I said, you know, I have a skill set and you would never ask this of anybody else. And it's not really fair to treat me that way. And I would never treat you that way. So I've really had to draw lines. And I think for women, it, it takes work. Don't beat yourself up that you're, you want to be this loving person. Like we all wish we could win the lottery and just do good things for free. Obviously that would be fabulous, but the world goes around with money, unfortunately. So if you're going to provide your skill set to somebody. I mean, you have to be comfortable with charging, but I think that is the one thing women struggle with the most when it comes to owning a company. It is the money piece. I mean, honestly, there's days if I could just tuck, tuck my head (laughs) when it comes to money, I would, but you can't, you have to show up. You have to show up. And, and like, this is, this is why this is such a big part of our curriculum. Cause it's like, they want to do the work, but they're like, I can't. And they're just hitting their own upper limits. And we're like, no, 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 we're going to work through this. We're not like, you're not leaving here without working through this, but I'm willing to bet Tisha, you just said you're drawing more lines now, like no more doing this for free and that. And I'm willing to bet that you are actually going to serve at an even higher level and serve more people because of the lines you're drawing. You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah. I think, I think you're just going to be calling in more people. And again, like people are, um, you know, like I always say, if, if someone pays for one of my workshops, like if a mother signs her daughter up and she pays for the workshop, when that daughter wakes up and says, mom, I'm so tired. I don't want to go today. The mom's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, we paid for this. You're showing up. She shows up. She gets the transformation. But if the girl wakes up, and she's like, mom, I can't, I just, I can't go today. I'm just too tired. And the mom's like, all right, if she hadn't paid, well, don't worry about it. Just sleep in. We'll go next time. We'll catch Melody next time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the gift is actually in allowing them to pay. It's a transfer of energy. And when we do that, they show up. So I can go on about this for hours because I'm so passionate about it. The buy-in is really important. So as a nonprofit, we get a lot of expectation like, well, you're a nonprofit, so it should just be for free. And so we shifted that a lot, right? Asking for funding, raising funds. But I am at the point where I have to tell parents, we're giving you a scholarship, but you still have to sign a contract that you're showing up. You're going to pay, I don't care if it's $10 over a six-month period, because as human beings, you're right. I mean, we're all like that. You and I, I'm sure are the same, like, oh my gosh, do I buy in for that? Or there's some things that, you know, we would definitely skip out of if we didn't have some buy-in. So I think it's it's super important, but it it's also teaching our children, you know, when you sign up for something, you have to follow through and it's teaching them. And I wonder how you feel about this because you provide workshops that are, it is about building self, right? The, yeah. the main component is building self. What I see a lot of commitment to, and I had two kids that played in sports for 15 years, but we have no problem showing up for sports six days a week. It doesn't matter what it costs. As a parent, we are going to like do the thing. When it comes to building self, I feel like we definitely, it's a little more of a battle. It's like, I'm like, Hey, over here, this is just as important as your sport actually more, but it's like trying to educate parents and say, I know you don't look at this as their sport, but this is really important because actually a lot of our kids get lost in sports because they don't do this work. So I don't know how much you have to deal with that with your workshops being kind of scheduled out. Well, ours are weekly. 
Right. So we're like, we're competing with other so things. Right. You're so right. And like, if only, I mean, yeah, it's the thing we want to scream off of the rooftops that this is pro- like, I'm willing to say, like, I, I will go on the record saying this, this stuff is more important than school. This is more important than anything yep. that our children are learning in school. And I'm sure I'll have a lot of people like, what is this woman talking about? I, I stand by it. This is emotional intelligence. These yes. are the life skills that help us in every relationship. Cause you know, we're talking, you just said like the, the improvement of self, the knowing of thyself. It's like, if we know ourselves truly, if we know how to feel, if we know how to express emotion, if we know how to communicate with other people, if we know how to be in relationships with other people, um, my goodness, like that is the success of the world. Like that is what we truly need. That is what as women, we're just trying to figure out, like you said, in our twenties and thirties. So, um, and, and this is, this goes for all kids, like boys and girls, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's very important that we develop that part of ourselves and know ourselves, because if we don't know ourselves, then we will be influenced in every possible way. We'll lose ourselves. We'll turn the volume up on everything that the world believes and deems important for us girls. And we will turn the volume down on that inner voice of knowing, which is our intuition and we'll be lost. And this is how we get lost. Well, and I think the structure that you're given, right, it's education. And then the other thing you're offered through school is sports, which they're all great. They're all needed. Yet we don't identify what's missing in those components. So sports used to be, I mean, I've been raising kids for 25 years. There used to be another element. There really was. We did talk about, you know, making sure that you're being a good person and and those other dynamics. There is zero time for that. And nobody's going to tell me that that is not true because it is true. There's zero time. It is about playing the game. The coaches are overwhelmed. A lot of them are teachers. They're overwhelmed. That's just the truth. And I feel for them. But the dynamic of what we used to be able to do, making sure we were kind of checking in and teaching a little bit of that. I don't think it's ever been fully taught. There's zero time for it. And then we're not understanding. I don't understand why my daughter's, you know, just acting or she's so confused or lost at 16. Well, she spent her entire day in a chair with people that honestly didn't care about her. I'm sorry. If your children go to a school where all their teachers love them and they're fabulous. I love you. That's great. The reality is they are in a place where a lot of times they feel unvalued because everybody's overwhelmed. Then they go to a sport. Their value is placed on how good they play. So now their value is all about that. So none of it came down to like, who are you? What is yourself? How do you manage your emotions? Like those things without those things. So you get done with your 12 years of education, maybe go on to the next. And then you struggle because we didn't talk about any of the things that really mattered for you to show up for yourself, to know you can do hard things, how to use your voice. Cause a lot of times you're taught not to use your voice. <laughs> Honestly, you know, as a kid, we, they still get hushed a little bit and we don't respect that they have a voice and that they have things to say. So, yeah, I, I do believe like, I, I feel like I'm sometimes it's a little bit of a battle and I'd rather be part of the solution than the problem. But I always have to say, listen, I know these other things are important, but let's find a way to keep her engaged because I want to, I want to keep this part of her like yeah. growing. I love that other side of her, but I mean, I had a girl who played soccer her entire life and she lost her soul in that sport. There were things happening that you just don't see because her whole identity is in that, right? Oh my gosh, I'm good because I'm good at this. I'm good because I'm winning for my team. I'm good because I'm winning for my coach. What happens when she can't win for you anymore? Yes. Then who is she? Then she's lost. So it's so important that you and, and you're, ex- you have all these coaches doing this beautiful work all over the place, which again, geeks me out. And I get super inspired by because the work we're doing, it can't be small. And that's what I'm realizing. Like, why am I only doing this in Indiana? This world is huge. I can't serve all the girls. You can't serve all the girls. <laughs> they need it. all of us. That's it. And this is, and this is why I do it in the way that I do it. Cause I alone can only do so much, but when I link arms with other women who have the same passion on their hearts and who get to do this for a living, like, I mean, it's like a no brainer to me. It's like, like, let's go. Where do I sign up? And I'm like, this is my program. I'm like, where do I sign up? But it's the truth. It's like, if I had something like this, presented to me 20 years ago, right? Like 
college what? Like, do you know what I'm saying? I'd be all in. So that I'm I'm trying to make this the new it career. This is it. This is the new it career. Women step up, rise up, um, and and serve our girls. It's like the it's the the most rewarding, the most fulfilling. It's everything. And I, I want people to know, and it's and I as you and I talked about, my nickname's a little bit of the truth telling hero. So I do want to be honest and say, I want people to understand it is still an underserved population. Yes. I need you to understand that girls and women are actually still considered a minority in many categories. So pay is still behind guys. Leadership is actually catching up, but I think it's because women are starting their own stuff. So yes, but leadership can still be a little behind in certain areas. So it's an underserved arena. And when you create something like you have, and you say, look, you can go empower yourself and girls and other women. Now we're serving an arena that is still underserved because when you look at the, the, um, quotation of how many organizations serve just specifically girls, it's not very large. It's getting better, but it's still an underserved thing. So I love that you just took something and you're like, Oh, well, I, I can't do all of this where, you know, I spent a lot of years just thinking I could do it all, <laughs> which is the problem women have. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, I have a team. How do I expand this? How do I, how do I allow other states to know like, oh my gosh, you can give our girls the ability to move their bodies in a way that is not just sports. Because when school ends, kids get confused. They don't know how to move their bodies. How can we teach mindfulness at a young age? I did not know how to sit with my thoughts until I was in my thirties. It was very uncomfortable for me. And if you come from trauma, that is normal. So how do we start teaching our kids at a younger age? Because if you can't be quiet with your own thoughts, all you'll ever hear, and you've said this a couple of times is the noise. So how do we do that? And that's the beauty. You and I wake up every day and we get excited and we're like, all right, how do we do the thing? Like, what's the next thing? Like you just added your membership, which I thought was really neat. And it, like I said, it's inspiring. I watch you and I'm like, man, she is just killing it. It's so great. So then I say to myself, how does that look for me? We're two different people. She knows I'm not imitating her. She's not imitating me. I can't be you. You, you There's just no right. way. So well, the we, beauty, let, um, we let that inspiration come in. Cause I'm looking at you, by the way, my friend. <laughs> And all that you're doing and like you're in the physical rooms with the girls, like I don't get to do that as much anymore because I'm supporting our coaches, which is why I created the virtual room because that's, that's what I'm able to do today, right? Like that is realistic for me today, but I want you to know you're sitting here being inspired by what you see on my page. And here I am being so lit up by everything that you're doing. And that's like, that's the beauty that we get to create as women. Like, look at the energy. Like, do you feel it? I feel it. Like, it's like this energy that we get to create by, and bringing it all into a full circle by being inspired, by being inspired instead of being like, I can't do it like her. And, and I'm so excited to see what the next iteration is for you, Tisha, because you're, you're doing such such important work and the way that you're doing and the way you call exercise, joyful movement. Like, I love that. That is, that is so beautiful and everyone needs to know about it. So I have no doubt that you'll find a way. Yeah. I'm excited about this chapter. And I think that's something else that we can create for women is when you, again, women, there's this perfectionism and overachieving, right. And that comes from girlhood and just not being able to deal with it. But just knowing that no matter what, like I'd never have it all figured out. And I, I have a, I always tell people like, I don't ever wait to have it all figured out to take action. Now for a lot of my type A lovies that I love that I'm surrounded by, they can't stand that, right? Because our brains work differently. But for me, vision and execution are my high points. Plan and strategy, I bring others in to take my, my vision execution, put a plan and strategy. And I think that if there's something you want to do, and again, for me, this is the biggest thing to teach our girls, because I don't think we were taught if there, what is it that you get excited about? What lights you up? You don't have to just choose something to choose something. I want girls to start figuring out in their teens, what are the little things you get excited about? We also do things like, what is it that's important to you? Yeah. What is it that bothers you about the world? What is it that you don't like? Because yeah. to always talk about just the good things, but not ask them what bothers you. Well, what bothered me was what was happening with our girls, right? Same with you. You saw a need. So we serve it. Well, we don't get taught that in school. Just pass your classes and go to college, right? No, I want you to ask yourself what bothers you. What are you passionate about? What lights you up? 
Is that going to give them a path at 16? No. And at 18, we ask them to figure out what they want to go to college for. And it's like, oh my gosh, like just take some general classes your first year, everybody. I'm sorry. Maybe parents don't like that, but you have to like kind of figure yourself out. And I think by the time you get to about that age in your first year of college, if we start teaching them that, right, what bothers you? What would you like to change? What lights you up? That will help them be like, oh, wait a minute. There's like these different things I can do that actually somewhat align with what I want to do rather than a bunch of women my age that are like, I hate my life. I hate my job. and I'm going to change my whole world. Right. Which I see a lot of. Yeah, no, you're like, what you're saying is about questions. Like we got to ask good questions because that's curiosity. Yeah. Let's get curious. Let's get like, I'm in a new phase of my life right now where I'm asking myself a whole new set of questions. My daughters are juniors in school. They're twins. They're going to be graduating soon. And God willing, if all goes well, they'll be going to college. They're starting to drive like, and this is like, you know, this is just me in a, in a new environment, finding myself, them needing me less and me, like, what, what do I get to do? What's the next iteration of my mission? Like, how can I go deeper in? How, how do I discover who I am in a clearer way? Like, so it's, you know, and I'm going to need you for a lot of that because I, like, I feel like I have visions and I'm like, oh, I know what you're going to do. I'm really excited about this. So, so I've become an empty nester recently. So you're still behind me about a year and a half, but I'm an empty nester too. And I do want women to know you really like this stage you're going into can be very emotional. So you do need to like do that work before that time, because a lot of women get really wrapped up in their children, which again, your family and your children are first, but again, guess what? They leave guys, they leave. And then it's all about who you are and what is it that you want? And a lot of women haven't been doing that work. And when that happens, they grab and they hold on. And I know it's out of love. And I always say to them, like, what are you doing? They're your gift to the world. You're not supposed to keep them. They're not yours to keep. They're for the world. There's such a beautiful (laughs) quote. Our our children come um, through us, but not for us, right? And we as parents sometimes get, especially mothers, so our identity gets so wrapped up in who we are as mom. And it's like, but we're also a woman. We're also a teacher. We're also at like fill in the blanks. There's so many things that we are. And so that's the work. It's so funny because I've helped so many clients through that phase, but now I'm going into it. So it's going to be very interesting. Totally different, right? You're like, oh wait, this is me. I know, I know. But I I, I, I think it matters who you are as a woman. Like that time is rough. Like you need to cry. You need to have your feelings. Just don't try to hold on too tight, like have your feelings and it's grief. You, you will go through grief. And I, of all the things I wished I would have been told and helped with when I went through that phase. And now I know the last thing I'll say about this is I saw a book somebody posted the other day and it says when your children come into young adulthood, so we're talking, you know, them leaving, it says, this is going to sound rough, but I loved it. It says, shut your mouth and put the doormat out. And I am telling you, if I would have had that advice, a couple years ago, because sometimes they don't need all this, right? They don't need you to tell them what they need. They need to figure it out. That's your job is to let them figure it out. But we still put the doormat out. It's yeah. rough, but it I is true. That. That's so beautiful. <laughs> and I feel like we could have a whole and, and I'd like to I need I think we need to make this like a series. But I yeah. feel like there's so many sub conversations that we didn't get to have that we need to have. But I think motherhood in and of itself could be like a whole other wing of this a whole other branch of this conversation. Um, this has been so nice, like so nice and so refreshing. Um, we need to really not not joking, we need to do this more. Uh, yeah. Is there anything like any any closing thoughts um, for today? Anything we didn't say that needs to be said or anything at all? I would just I would just say for me when we're coming from the girl arena, I do want people to know, and I had said this once, but I want to clarify, like our girls are still underserved in a lot of ways. And it's hard to see that because we live in a very privileged world. But when you do this work and you sit down, you have very real conversations, as I did last night, the struggles are cyclical, right? So they, they just keep happening. So that's why this work is so important. And we need people to buy in and understand that it's just as valuable as education and sports. Because when I hear 10 girls tell me last night, I have issues with my body image. 
it's heartbreaking. And if we don't have those conversations, it's just going to get worse and worse. And we know what comes from that. So what I always say, a lot of people with my work, they don't see the big fire. Like if you domestic violence, drugs, you see the fire, right? It's easy to get on board with that. With our girls, there's a little fire burning that starts at about seven years old, little fire, little fire. If you don't, like Melody's doing, she's starting to put that fire out at a younger age, like, no, no, no. Right. But if we don't, the fire gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you'll see the fire when it's too late. When those other things happen, when your confidence has been demolished for so long and you don't know who you are, you will see that flaming fire because what we can put those little fires out by doing the work that we do. And we need people to see the value in that and understand why those little fires that you can't see, you have to do the background work. And that, that is where I you know, it's just so important. Like, I can't show you the big fire. I don't want to show you the big fire. I'm trying to put the fires out before it becomes that. Mm. And so I want people to know that our girls do need it. Even though we lived in, we live in a privileged world, all the clothes, all the cars, all the things, they do nothing. They Mm. do nothing for self-image. It's still, it's still an issue. So I think just knowing that this work that you do, that I do, that other people do, it's so needed. And we want more people to jump on board. I do. I'm sure you do too. Oh yeah. Big time, big time. No, that's amazing. And uh, I guess my last sentiment is like, it, this is what my whole book is about. It's called empowered women, empower girls. And like so many people say to me, how do we empower girls? Like, just give it to me. Like what's, what's one way we empower girls. And what I always say is, you know what, look in the mirror, you want to empower a girl, look in the mirror, whether she's your client, your daughter, your niece, your grandchild, whomever she may be. We have this beautiful big goal of empowering girls, and yet we haven't been able to deliver that empowerment to ourselves. And they watch us, like whether it's the girl in the change room next door who hears how you're talking to yourself about your body, um, or whether it's your child who hears you on the phone, who might hear you gossiping. Like we don't even realize it. We think that it's not a big deal, but they're paying attention. They're so intelligent and whether they're processing it in their conscious minds or their subconscious minds, they are embodying that, which we are. So I think the greatest gift that we have to give to girls is to actually really uh, self-reflect and lead by example. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. This has been the most amazing coffee date. I appreciate you. I could do this all the time. (laughs) And we will. I think we will. We got it. We got to think about this. This was a great conversation. Uh, It's going to go on both of our podcasts and, um, and you and I will continue this conversation offline. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate you so much. Oh, one last thing. You have two books. You said the one, but what's the other one? The other one from younger children. girls. Yeah, there's one children's yeah. book. It's called XOXO from a girl's girl who gets it. Life notes for the young girl within. And my newer book is for women, women, you know, in all ages and stages of life who want to empower themselves. And that's called empowered women, empower girls, a guide to modeling confidence, courage, and self-love for the next generation. So good. I just wanted them to hear those so they can go find them. I'm still working on mine. You inspire me. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I will shout it off of the rooftops when it's out. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your time. This was so good. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much for your listenership. If you love what you're hearing, please consider leaving us a five-star review and subscribing to the show so that you don't miss an episode. These reviews are so very helpful to us and we are so grateful for each and every one of them. If you'd like to hang out with us on Instagram, give us a visit at Girl Life Empowerment. Can't wait to see you there.